Kreusor, welcome to Recovery Now Radio, which is brought to you in conjunction with Adveriad Recovery and Living Room Cardiff. Adveriad Recovery is a registered charity offering specialist support to those with co-occurring substance misuse and mental health conditions. Living Room Cardiff provides ongoing support and aftercare as a community-based recovery centre that has an all-addictions approach, including gambling, alcohol, drugs, both prescribed and illicit, sex, eating disorders, gaming, etc., or any other harmful behaviour. We welcome anyone who needs confidential support in taking those first important steps towards change and recovery. Family members and friends are also catered for. For further details, please see the Adveriad Recovery website, www.adveriad.org.uk and www.livingroom-cardiff.com. Diochen Thank you so much. You're listening to Recovery Now Radio, brought to you from the living room and at Veriad. My name is Joe, and I'm your presenter today. You're listening to Recovery Now Radio. Let's recover together. And our guest today is Tony. Welcome, Tony. How are you? Hiya, Joe. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, I feel feeling good today. Had a good week. And yeah, I've been looking forward to this for a while now. So looking forward to um, hearing the song list and talking through it all. Yeah, let's have some fun with your first song now, shall we? It is I Want to Break Free by Queen. My favourite. Can you tell me why you chose that song? Well, Queen is my favourite band of all time. I think ever since watching Live Aid back, I think it was actually in the year I was born um, that it came out. So, yeah, when, whenever I want to feel better about myself, watch Live Aid back, feel good. Brilliant.
that was Queen, I Want to Break Free. What a track, a belter of a track. One of my favourite songs of all time there, Tony. Uh, You're listening to Recovery Now Radio, Let's Recover Together. My name is Joe, and Tony is still with us. Tony, can you tell us about your first experiences with your gambling addiction and what effect it had on you? To be honest, Joe, my first experience with gambling probably came about when I was about 15, 16. It used to be regular visits to the local public house and be on the slot machines and that's probably something that just continued and manifested and took on a whole new life really all the way through till I was 30. Yeah so probably through that period there was no real consciousness of a problem. Yeah so it's, it's only in the last couple of years that I've really paid attention to it so that's been my experience to date. Yeah so it's, it's been something since that you've done since childhood then really? Yeah it's, it's like I said, it's, it's something which, you know, I didn't really pay attention to until I was 30. So I think until you kind of turn your attention to something and, and shine a, a light on it, that you truly see it for what it is. And, and that's what the living room's been to me. It's been that shining light. So, yeah, yeah. sure. So um, would you say that it was manageable at this time? For you when at you were this, about 15? Yeah. At 15? Um, yeah. 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 For me, it wasn't. It wasn't a problem then, which is strange to say, because like now I could never imagine my life with gambling. But yeah, at, at that age, you know, it was never a problem for me, even up until 30. I, it was never a problem because I never cared to admit it. But the fact is now, sort of looking back in hindsight, it was a problem. It was a problem that was getting bigger, gathering more traction. So, yeah, I think it's only, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, we can kind of look back and see what a problem it was. But at the time, didn't care to admit it. Yeah, I guess at that age, things seem like fun, don't they? And uh, just par for the course. That's exactly what it was. It was fun, made me feel good for that brief moment of time. But, you know, this I could, I could tell you many stories of getting my wages on a Friday and, you know, asking around on a Saturday if anyone's got a spare tenner. Yeah, I can so, imagine. Um, it, it was always a problem, but at the time I managed, and like you said, it, it was fun. But I suppose that's where addiction creeps in. It, you know, it comes across as fun, and then all of a sudden it takes a hold of your life. Yeah, it certainly does. Moving on to your next song, Paradise by George Ezra. Now, I love George Ezra. What made you choose that? <laughs> it's an upbeat song, to be honest. I like to think I can sing it. <laughs> <laughs> but, Do you want to um... give us a go? Oh, absolutely not. 
I'll leave that to George. He does it so much better. But um, yeah, it's just a nice upbeat song. And whenever it comes on the radio, it's volume up time. And uh, yeah, have a, have a good head bang and a, and a sing along to this one. Whenever I'm with you, ride on. Well, I will ride on down the road. I will find you. I will hold you. I'll be there. It's long. Well, it's a mighty long road, but I'll find you. I will hold you, and I'll be there. I know you heard it from those other boys, but this time it's real. It's something that I feel it. I know you heard it from those other boys, but this time it's real. Paradise by George Ezra. You're listening to Recovery Now Radio. Let's recover together. Um, Tony, back to you now. I'm going to get a little bit personal. I wanted to ask you about your circumstances when you were a child and how was growing up for you? Yeah, personal's fine. <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I would say, to be honest, 
it would be the stereotypical family upbringing where it was kind of everything from the outside looking in was was perfect you know nice big five bedroom house two older siblings so they were kind of as I was growing out, they were uh, growing up. They were moving out. Yeah, so I had all the sort of benefits of of having a brother and sister, but also like an only child upbringing, that I kind of yeah. never wanted for anything. Yeah, so all the material things in life were never a problem. But I suppose, yeah, growing up, I, I like in the nicest possible terms, just have a, an emotionally unavailable dad who kind of you know had the was very much kind of engrossed in pub culture and. You know, there was a lot of time spent in the pub and, you know, my mother kind of done everything from a sort of emotional point of view, being there for parents' day, being there for sports events, whatever it might be. And she was always the one to take me to football. She was always the one to take me to or whatever it was I was doing. Yeah, but I suppose it, it was that was my feeling when first coming to the living room, that there was nothing in my childhood to kind of, you know, that contributed to my addiction. It was a strange sensation when it was it was kind of we unearthed all these things. Yeah, sure. I guess what we're talking about really is a lack of connection with the father figure at that time. Yeah, yeah, very much so. You know, when you kind of, when I kind of think back to my experiences when I was younger, there was very, very much, um, my, my, my memories are probably just, filled with moments of you know being put down or being shouted at and you know those sorts of behaviors not really one of emotional support or or being there yeah I I guess when we're children our perception of things is different isn't it and the way we perceive trauma or perceived trauma towards us is very different to when we're an adult but we still use those same coping mechanisms that we used to use as a child do you find that's the case for you Definitely. It's, it's something which we're just, you know, exploring now together at the living room. There's, there's definitely kind of behaviours of mine which can be related back to childhood. And it's, you know, I'm just starting to notice now that's, that's the childhood me, you know, kind of looking to express himself and dealing with things through, it might be anger or not being able to cope with things. Um, yeah. And, and that, that all relates back to, as, as a child, not being able to express yourself and not being able to kind of, you know, be who you are and express yourself fully. Yeah. Being shouted at, being put down. Uh-huh. Yeah. It sounds like um, all of that is coming to light for you now. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. It's, um, you know, it's a roller coaster of an experience going, going through recovery, but it's, it's one which kind of just unearths all these experiences things you've gone through and you know just gives it a new light and you look at things with a different perception sure well before we talk any further let's move on to your next song the police message in a bottle so uh great song can you tell me why you chose that one this is probably a memory from when I, I was actually working with my dad for a bit on the on the building sites and um this is something with uh would be aired over Capital Radio, Capital Gold, which we used to listen to and definitely have a sing and a dance to this one.
was the police with message in a bottle great track list i'm loving this music you're listening to recovery now radio let's recover together so tony can you tell me what changed with your gambling addiction then when did you know that it was in charge of you probably you know between late 20s and 30 that's when it was a problem it was, it was starting to surface in my in my conscious so but I only really addressed it when I was, well, what am I now, 30, 34. It was probably about the age of 31, 32. And that's when it was spilling over a bit then. You know, I, I, I always managed to pay the mortgage, pay the bills, but, you know, there was tension in relationships. And, yeah, just a, a lot of anger, a lot of, I suppose, I suppose I kind of mentally run out of road with it and I was, I was done with it. Um, and that's where I got to, basically. So... You know, thank God I didn't have the financial impact that some gambling addicts have. But, you know, I, I certainly run out of road mentally and I, I was done with it. And I was ready to surrender to whatever I had to do to, to make it better. Yeah. You say it was spilling over into your relationships and that. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? 
yeah, it's probably only like with the benefit of hindsight. Now looking back and you kind of think, well, my, my behaviour wasn't quite right. You know, you, you tend to kind of attribute fault elsewhere and, and blame other people because you haven't quite admitted to yourself yet that, you know, you've got a serious problem which is affecting you, affecting your mood, affecting your behaviour. So like, yeah, in, in, in relationships, that, that, that would be the the key thing really blaming the other person dealing with things with a, a lot of anger involved yeah and things just boiling over emotionally yeah I guess that um it, it's quite easy when you're in the throes of addiction to say well if you weren't doing this I wouldn't be gambling or if you weren't doing that I wouldn't behave I wouldn't be behaving this way did you find that for yourself absolutely yeah this is um the last thing you want to do is admit fault yourself. You um you attribute fault elsewhere, and I suppose yeah you you don't get to be the best version of yourself, and that's that's the painful thing. And a lot of the anger you have is directed at yourself, but it kind of comes out um, aimed at other people, and usually the people that you love. That's that's the most painful part. Yeah, it is usually the people closest to us that uh, that get the brunt of it, but. Um... Moving on to your next song now, before we talk a little bit more in depth about that, can you tell me why you chose your next song? It is Hold Back the River by James Bay. This is just, this is like a recent favourite. So another one I like to sing to. Definitely a driving song, I think, you know, in, in the benefits of isolation. So it doesn't matter how you sound, but I'll, <laughs> I'll sing it to the top of my voice. Yeah, absolutely love this song. I can totally see that, a driving song, yeah. Let's have a listen. Try to keep you close to me But life got in between Try to square, not be in there, but said that I should have been. Hold back the river, let me look in your eyes. Hold back the river so I, I can stop for a minute and see where you hide. Hold back the river, hold back. Hold back the river, let me look 
Do I wish I was in my car now, beating my hands on that steering wheel up to the beat <laughs> of the drum? Uh, that was James Bay with Hold Back the River. Fantastic song. Uh, you're listening to Recovery Now Radio. Let's recover together. So, Tony, can you describe to me some of the consequences of your gambling? Oh, consequences. Well, I suppose apart from the emotional distress, you know, there was very much the, you know, the financial aspect aspect of, um, you know, living week to week, quite simply, I, I earned very good money without sounding too egotistical, but good money. And yeah, as soon as that went in on a Friday, it would just kind of um, deplete until next Friday. And then it would just be the cycle all over again. So like I said previously, I, I never had a problem with paying the bills. I was very much drilled into me. There's some scary moments sometimes when I had to, you know, use your, your um, short-term loans, anything to kind of get by. But, you know, thankfully I earned well enough that I could replenish that and kind of just, just stay afloat. But yeah, you know, there's the, there's the obvious, obvious financial impact of everything. Um, but I suppose the one that hurts me the most now is the, the emotional impact. And like I said, just not being able to be your, the best version of yourself, having all these hopes and dreams and things you want to do and just not being able to to get on with them because there's this monkey on your back, this thing that kind of um, takes precedence over everything. Yeah, yeah, it really does take precedence over everything as well. Did you find that you lost some relationships because of it? Certainly my last relationship. Yeah, but... It, it certainly had an impact on the relationships I chose, probably, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of quite destructive and, and volatile relationships I found myself gravitating towards. And I don't know to this day quite what that is, how we can connect the dots on that. But that's that's where I wound up, to be honest. Yeah. Well, they say birds of a feather flock together, don't they? <laughs> exactly that. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess you would have found yourself in those circles where uh, easy come, easy go with the money, you know? Definitely, absolutely. 
you know, my, my value of money was just non-existent. It was, you know, just a, a means to an end and, and nothing more than that. Yeah. And of course, you talked about the emotional turmoil. And, and I guess that's one of the hardest things to get over, um, especially if you're a functioning person that gambles. I, I guess the hardest thing to get over is the emotional backdrop and um, and what happens to your relationship with yourself. Can you tell me anything about that? Yeah, I suppose that, that is the key because, you know, deep down, we all want to do good for people. You know, I, I want nothing for the, but the best for other people, especially in relationships for family. But the truth is, like I said, you, you can't be the best version of yourself and that spills over and, you know, you end up, acting out in destructive behavior whether that be gambling drinking drugs and yeah it's it is just destructive for friends family everyone around yeah and and especially you I I I would imagine your self-esteem took a knock as well yeah big time but you know coming out admitting it now it's, it's, it's empowered me and I feel you know I feel not so much free of it but you know I just feel a better person and I can be myself now Okay, thanks, Tony. Let's listen to your next song, which is Like a Rolling Stone by Bob Dylan. Why did you choose this song? Again, this is, this is a song that will be on the building site. So I absolutely love this tune and the, the lyrics are, are brilliant. And yeah, it's just a great, great song by, a, by an absolute classic. Do the bumps of dime in your prime Then you Say beware, doll, you're bound to fall You thought they were all I'm kidding you You used to laugh about Everybody that was hanging out Now you don't talk so loud Now you don't seem so proud
see the frowns on the jugglers and the clowns when they all did tricks for you. Never understood that it ain't no good. You shouldn't let other people get your kicks for you. That was Bob Dylan, like a rolling stone. Gotta love a bit of Bob. You're listening to Recovery Now Radio. Let's recover together. So, Tony, can you tell me what the crisis was that finally brought you into recovery? Probably my last relationship, to be honest. I was kind of helped out a lot and, you know, things boiled over. I can remember, yeah, I, th- I think I went out one night and, and gambled a load of money away and, and things just boiled over emotionally. We had a, you know, a heart to heart, a conversation. And then that's when I kind of realized this is, this is breaking point for me. This is, this is the point of which I'm willing to surrender to whatever needs to be done, whatever I have to do to, to get away from this addiction. Probably didn't realize the seriousness of it at that point. That came later, but that was the point at which, you know, I I was willing to seek help. Yeah. And obviously realising that it was affecting your relationships as well as the financial aspect. So that must have been tough for you. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's the most painful part is, is knowing how much it affects other people and the people around you. You know... You only ever want what's best for other people. So knowing that you're hurting them by, by acting out this, uh, on this addiction and causing them pain and heartache because they only want what's best for you. That's, that's the painful part. Yeah, de- definitely the, the part that gets you most. Well, you, were, you certainly sound very selfless now, to be honest, Tony. Yes, uh, you're thinking of others quite a lot and that's admirable. That's yeah, I mean, selflessness is something I always like to think I had. I always like to think I put other people first. But in truth, in, in, in addiction, it kind of messes with your, your moral compass because you want what's best for other people, but your behaviour does otherwise. So that's where it kind of all gets a bit um, messed up in your head. But Yeah. Yeah, much better person now, Joe. Feeling good. I'm sure that better person was always there, Tony, but uh, the, the water's just got muddied a bit, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's listen to your next song then, which is Sympathy for the Devil by the Rolling Stones. Why did you choose that one? Um, there's great lyrics in this one, Joe, and, you know, it's, it's 
definitely an upbeat song with it with a great tune and you know a lot of people have come to recognize this from a lot of films and a great great tune fantastic Please allow me to introduce myself I'm a man of wealth and taste I've been around for a long, long year Stole many a man's soul and faith I was around when Jesus Christ Had his moment of doubt and pain Made damn sure the pilot washed his hands Seal his face. Pleased to meet you. Hope you guess my name. But what's puzzling you is the nature of my game. Stuck around St. Petersburg when I saw it was a time for a change. Another great band, the Rolling Stones, with Sympathy for the Devil. 
You're listening to Recovery Now Radio. Let's recover together. Coming to you from the living room and Anad Veriad. So mentioning the living room and Anad Veriad, Tony, how did you actually find recovery? So I come across the living room through my, my local GP. It was um, in a load of literature that was given to me. Probably something which I would have um, historically ignored and kind of, you know, taken all that paperwork and thrown it away. But like I said previously, such was my my mentality at that point where I was just willing to surrender and do whatever then that's when I came to make the call and and I got through to a a lovely chap called Nick and you know that's where my recovery really started yeah so what made you take notice of that leaflet then that particular one I think it's like I said just purely down to my mentality at the the time it was just a, a willingness to kind of um, do whatever it took. I think it was just being tired of all the, you know, the, the feelings that surrounded addiction, um, being tired of upsetting so many people, being tired of, of just living my life the way I was. That leaflet in particular, I couldn't tell you. I think it was just a, you know, there's a couple of um, phone num- phone numbers on one one sheet from the um, the GPs, but yeah, I just, you know. Never really thought about it until now, Joe, but yeah, that's that's kind of how it came about. Yeah. So looking at your mentality at the time then, it, I think it's safe to say that you were sick and tired of being sick and tired. And it sounds like you were absolutely beaten. Absolutely the case. And, and that is, um, that pretty much encapsulates everything that was going through my mind at the time um you know there's a lot of dark moments where you kind of your mind wanders and and that's that sick and tired moment where you know you're just fed up of living life the way that it is there and then that's when you got to return uh, uh, turn to recovery sorry um it's in those moments that's when you really need to reach out and, and speak to someone because that's when you'll you'll turn your life around for the better yeah and it takes tremendous strength and courage to do that because sometimes I find that um, it's easier to stay in the rut that you're in did you find that? Yeah I think it's um, it's something that's uh, synonymous with a lot of addicts it's, it's their safe place um, and better the devil you know so to speak it's, you'd rather stay in that safe safe environment but you know all too well but it's that same place that kind of ruins you and and you know stops you being who you're meant to be yeah I think you hit the nail on the head there stops you being who you're meant to be so it must have felt like that for you a lot of the time yeah I mean there's there's so much I want to achieve in life there's you know so much on my bucket list so much that I want to learn try out and you know this this was stopping me it's as Mm. simple as that Okay, moving on to your next song, Walk of Life by Dire Straits. Fantastic band again. Why did you choose this one? Well, I absolutely adore Mark Knopfler and he is a true guitar in God. And yeah, just a great tune, upbeat track and a great one to have a dance and a sing to. I agree.
the dire straits with walk of life. We were all getting into that then. I almost forgot to speak. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to Recovery Now Radio. Let's recover together. Tony, can you tell me what happened when you began to get well? Oh, now that is a good question. When I began to get well, I suppose in in the initial phase, it was kind of like opening Pandora's box. You you spent all these years suppressing all these emotions, so all of a sudden it comes and hits you like a train, and that's a very scary period, I guess. But then, would I probably describe that as getting well? That's that's kind of you know you can't make an omelet without cracking a few eggs, and I think that's that sort of stage. Thereafter, when you begin to get well, you kind of get to notice things, you know, pay attention to all the important things in your life and. I suppose that's that's the one sort of thing I would associate with getting well. Yeah, so that's a great analogy, that is. And we're obviously talking about the early stages of you getting well, when you're starting to notice things about yourself and things you want to change. Yeah, definitely. And I think when as soon as you kind of highlight the fact that, like for me, for instance, having a gambling problem, that addiction wants to turn elsewhere then and it wants to kind of manifest itself in, a, in other areas of your life and that's something you have to be very mindful of you know it, it can turn to all sorts of other addictive behaviors but yeah I think it's just spending that time on yourself something which you probably haven't done for the years previous you kind of just behaved however you behaved you know wallowed in addiction but through this period you're actually paying attention to your emotions something you haven't done for so long yeah was it was that a tough journey for you really tough really tough I, I needed to keep a a journal through the whole period really just to kind of reflect and and get all those emotions on paper because otherwise they would just be you know a little too hot to handle I guess yeah well let's listen to your I've got a bit of a frog in my throat <laughs> let's listen to your next song so I can sort myself out <laughs> <laughs> and um, it is Alive and Kicking by Simple Minds so you You've got a fantastic track list, Tony. Tell like me to about that so. song. <laughs> Alive and Kicking. This is another Live Aid. They were on the um, the American um, uh, part of Live Aid. And um, yeah, another great track. Another one to kind of have a sing to in the car. Definitely, definitely one of my favourites. You turned me
And that was Simple Minds with Alive and Kicking. I, I take it back. This is the song I want to drive fast to. I take it back, what I said earlier. This is the number one. Oh, and you're listening. Yeah, you're listening to Recovery Now Radio. Let's recover together. A big question for you now, Tony. Can you tell me what you think you've learned about yourself during the whole recovery process? I guess the only time I really started to learn about myself was literally when I started recovery. So I got to learn probably, you know, all, all the kind of damage I was doing is one thing. Um, and learning about myself, I guess for the time I spent, I kind of got to learn, you know, all, all the things that I wanted to achieve in life just the whole thing kind of highlighted how that wasn't happening and I suppose I, I through, through this period I've probably got to learn more about my addiction than myself so it's probably something which in the coming years I need to do a bit more of. Yeah it's just a, a journey isn't it rather than a destination. Yeah and I think the one thing I did come to learn is there's, there's no pill for this it's definitely a um, you know recovery just goes on and on you you never there is no destination you're absolutely right it is a process it's something which you kind of have to dedicate every day to but not be overwhelmed by it it's something which you just can it's a continuous improvement cycle and that's yeah. how i view it yeah so what would the sober you say to the younger you if you met each other now <laughs> do you know what part of me just wanted to say stop gambling but you know what, that's something that I had from, from my parents all the, all the way through gambling. So that definitely wouldn't be what I say to myself. I would probably kind of just try to look a little deeper and just have a, a conversation based purely on emotion, I think, and just try and unlock, you know, what's really wrong. Yeah. You know, to, to, to stand back and say, look, you need to stop gambling. That's something I already knew deep down. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's kind of, the level of conversation I'd have with myself yeah those tough emotional conversations they're always the hardest to have aren't they definitely yeah but I think through recovery you get to learn how to kind of coax that out to people because you know you've been there you know what it's like to clam up and uh, you know just shy away from any sort of talk which involves emotion but you know it's, it's a skill like recovery in itself is a skill you have to kind of embrace it learn it and you know you, you get to become good at it yeah like anything else and you end up with a tool bag of uh, recovery tips for knowing what to do if uh, the next time you're feeling low or you think you might want to gamble you know yeah you know, and I think the way to go and what to do absolutely yeah and that's that's from my own perspective and from the perspective of helping others it also arms you well and you can kind of identify things in other people quite easily and you know just kind of coax that conversation out of them maybe set them on the right path and that's something I hold very dear yeah I bet it's really rewarding absolutely and that's and and, it, and in turn that is part of your own recovery as well is kind of making yourself feel better about your own recovery and helping other people it's everything I ever wanted to do so absolutely and on that note, another cracker of a song, Breakthrough by Queen. <laughs> I, I don't even want to ask you why you've chose this one, because it's just fantastic. But I'm going to ask you anyway, why this it's, one? It's great music. And uh, to be honest, I could have played 10 Queen tracks, but then I, I'd like to think I need to mix it up a bit. Um, meant to be going to see them in July, but I think that's getting cancelled. But yeah, another great tune.
fills my mind I get religion quick Cause I'm looking to buy Honey, I'm touching something They're touching me I'm on the album, on the album Can't you see? If I could only reach you If I could make you smile If I could only reach you That would really be a breakthrough Breakthrough by Queen. What a recovery song that is. Fantastic. It followed on well from our conversation there, Joe. It did. It did indeed. Yeah. You're listening to Recovery Now Radio. Let's recover together. And I guess my last question to you would be, we've talked a little bit about your, you touched on your hopes and dreams. What are your hopes and dreams? What's in store for Tony now? It's a long list. You know, I've always wanted to learn a new language. I've always wanted to go to certain places in the world, learn guitar, maybe play like play like Brian May. That'd be nice. Yeah. Um, you know, there's all these different things knocking about my head and there's a long list. You know, even to this day, there are things which 
I might find myself procrastinating it and kind of avoiding the big things. So that's why recovery is so important every day. Something to keep working on because you want to achieve all these things. So yeah, that's that's probably a, a bite-sized look into to all the things I want to achieve in life. Yeah, it sounds like you've got quite a list there actually, and it and it sounds like a real message of hope that you actually want to live life and do these things. Yeah, I mean, the, these are the things which I think kind of soothe the soul most. You know, this like gambling for me was very sort of superficial. It was just on the face of things, give me a little, you know, bit of happiness for a very brief period of time and ironically brought on a whole host of sadness and anger and deceit. So these are the real things in life which we, you know, need to turn our attention to and hold dear and kind of the things that real give us real fulfillment in life. Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like you really know yourself quite well now. Yeah, I suppose I do. I, I know I stumbled on the last question, but now now we're talking here about it then. I suppose I've got to learn all the things that I want to do in life, all the things I actually enjoy. Yeah. You know, furniture upcycling, kind of renovation works. Oh, um, I do a bit of that. <laughs> yeah. But You'll have to give tip. me some tips. Funny enough, just coming off a Queen song, here's a little tip. Um, I was renovating my girlfriend's bedroom on the weekend and she actually instructed Alexa to play Queen all day and my productivity went through the roof. Oh, wow. <laughs> Well, we've come to the end of the show now, but before I announce your last song, I just want to thank you very much for coming and talking to us. It, uh, it, was, it was a pleasure and your honesty was, was an honour for, for us to listen to. I, I absolutely thoroughly enjoyed it, Joe. Um, and just, I was a little bit nervous to start, but I'm just so glad I came on and I've, I've had a good jam to all, all the tracks and uh, really enjoyed it. Enjoyed your I've company. been watching you jam along as well. <laughs> <laughs> a budding singer in you yet <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you've been listening to recovery now radio coming to you from the living room and at Veriad. um I, my name is joe and we've been talking to tony today i'd like to thank all the listeners for tuning in and your final song before we play it could you tell me oh man on the moon by rem why did you choose that one this, this is a favourite for me and my uncle. This is a song we'll, uh, we'll often kind of do a bit of karaoke together on. And um, yeah, just, just a great sort of sing-along track. Love it. Fantastic. Cheers, Joe.
Did you hear about this one? 